Welcome back to Blair Her Name, a podcast about Xena, the warrior princess. We are your hosts, bringing you queer content from coast to coast. My name is Ray Noble. I am a queer writer, graphic designer, and doodle artist living in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, today I have my dog and one of my cats in the room with me, and it is 90 degrees, so there's a fan going. I don't know the meaning of having good quality sound on my end, so you guys are just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> That's me. Hi, everyone. I'm Elliot Junkyard. I am a queer writer and artist currently obsessed with book binding. <laughs> I don't know. Horrible. And it's not entirely horrific in the mountains of Pennsylvania where I am. It's only like 85 instead of 95. So cool. just going to roll with it. I hate this weather. I'm so ready for it to be done. I just yeah, I'm melt. already celebrating Halloween, so fuck it. <laughs> I know. I want to be in the midst of fall right now. Let's just skip my birthday and let's just go. Oh, hey, it's my birthday month. I keep forgetting about that. Oh, yeah. Leo and Virgo season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to shit on Leos, but there's been a lot of intense Leo emo- like emotions this year, and I'm I'm ready to be done with those, too. But I, I mean, I love Leos. I surround myself with Leos constantly. So I'm sorry for my people. It's okay. <laughs> it's just your season makes everything so intense. <laughs> True. But it's okay. We, it will pass. It'll be fine. And then maybe Virgo season will bring some sort of order. Maybe that's why Virgo season comes after Leo season. <laughs> it's because we've got to yeah. clean up the mess. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've told you this story, but I haven't told the podcast this story. But I'm like, my son is Leo, but my the rest of it, like the rest of my chart is like filled with Virgo. <laughs> so most of my life, I was like, I just don't feel very Leo-y. And then I looked at my chart and I was like, oh, that's why. Because I'm the earthiest Leo imaginable. Oh, you know what I want to do now? I want to figure out the signs for Gabrielle and Zena and see if they're compatible. <laughs> That's adorable. Do we know their birthdays? I don't know if we know their birthdays. I don't think so. I don't think anybody has ever told us. I can definitely check because I do have a computer here. Nope. It's only the date of syndication. I don't see any. Yeah, I don't have any birthdays for them. I tried. Sorry. Alas. It's okay. We will never know. Anyway. To get to the actual point, because that was a great segue on my end. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, what episode did we watch? We watched season one, episode seven, The Titans, which aired on October 30th, 1995. This was kind of like their Halloween episode. Ooh. Not very Halloween. No, but not anyway. at all, but that's fine, I guess. <laughs> anyway, the summary on IMDb reads... Xena and Gabrielle happen upon a cave where villagers are trying to recite an ancient script to awaken the Titans. Gabrielle intervenes, correcting the pronunciation and successfully awakening three of them. Again, this is a little misleading because Gabrielle doesn't know that's what she's doing. No. When she does it. This entire episode (laughs) really caught me off guard. I had no idea that this was the direction that we were going in. And then it happened. And I was like, oh, I guess this is happening now. Gabrielle's involvement is kind of like Hermione in wand class, which is like, 
It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. That's literally it. Like, that's basically what Gabrielle does. She's like, hey, crowd of strangers, you're pronouncing this wrong. Let me fix it for you. Oh my God, I didn't even put two and two together. That's literally what she does. She's literally like, you need to put the emphasis on this part of the word and not on that part of the word. Oh my God. And then she's so proud of herself, too. Oh my god. And until she sees what happens. And then she still is proud of herself, actually. Never mind. She has a moment of fear and then she's like, oh shit, yeah. Let's back up a little bit and... Okay, good point, probably. Before we jump into here. Um, So we open on Xena doing this crazy-eyed smirk thing where she's about to, like, beat some people up. Which is a great fight scene. It is. It is. Xena does one of my favorite Xena moves where she like somehow defies gravity and like kicks people in a circle with sound effects. And yes, and I think I mentioned this in one of our first episodes about how like the sound effects are like over the top. She'll like wave her hand and it'll be like, <laughs> like, oh my god, yes. So these kicking sound effects are peak Xena. They literally literally sound like, okay, this might not be relevant for any other people that, like, don't know about dogs or, like, animals, but it literally sounds like somebody is flapping a basset hound's ears really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it's flap, 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 flap. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just imagining it. And it's beautiful. Oh, and because the podcast doesn't know about this, this is even more relevant because last weekend I met a basset hound named Elliot. <laughs> that was good. That was a good basset hound. He tried to love my face and he licked me in the eyeball. So I felt all the love. But either way. Gabrielle and Argo had like a bro TP snack time. Even though Argo supposedly hates Gabrielle. Yeah, I think their relationship is is getting better. Maybe Argo is finally realizing that he has two moms now. Yeah. And my cat is biting my hand. Thanks, Riona. Okay, there we go. I have my hand back. (laughs) Oh, I really like your comment about Xena's first look. Like, the first moment that we see her. (laughs) It's literally just, that is the face of someone who is about to smash the patriarchy. (laughs) truly because it's just a close-up on her face and like lucy lawless does this amazing smirk it's beautiful and she's just like she's like i am so ready to kick some fucking ass and i'm like yeah Mm -hmm. you do it so we find out that the reason that xena is ready to kick some fucking ass is because she knows this dude who is leading this party and his name is like hesiod or something like that thank god for the subtitles and on my end because it's the only way i ever know anybody's name yeah i had totally forgotten i just was like yeah some douchebag with an h name just like all of them and okay i actually want to bring this up too because this is a thing that happens just as often as the villagers with the bad hats for some reason every time xena ends up in a group of men who are going to fight her at one point they all yell get her as if that's really gonna do anything as if what are you what are you doing why are you announcing this what is saying of all of the phrasing that you could possibly use why are you i don't know i'm really confused they're all very dumb i know i just wouldn't it make sense to say literally anything else (laughs) like or or not not say anything at all just like 
know that the plan is to get her and to do it. I agree. I do not understand why this happened. I just, it's one of those things that I, it happens so often. Like, it literally, I think it's happened maybe not once an episode, but like at least three or four times out of the seven episodes that we've seen. And at this point, I just don't get it. So. Gabrielle does something with Argo's reins. I didn't really understand what was happening because I'm not a horse person, but I guess she she tangles the reins or no, she... what happens <laughs> i i am a slight horse person <laughs> so i grew up as a horse person so i generally know what happens here um argo is trying to bend his head down and gabrielle has left the reins even though they're in her hand when they're walking away somehow they have gotten attached to the horn of the saddle and Essentially, that stops him from being able to put his head forward because the rein will literally get stuck on the saddle horn. And instead of taking the reins off the saddle horn and holding the reins in her hand, she undoes his halter, which makes no sense. And I thought that the scene was going to go much differently because when I saw that, my first instinct was, oh, shit, Argo's going to run away because she's taken the halter off and has absolutely no way to grab him. But Argo is a trustworthy horse, and that is not what happened. Instead, this was just a moment of Gabrielle wasting time and is a plot device for what happens two scenes later. Well, not even two scenes later, like two seconds later. Yeah, okay. So when Xena goes to try and chase the bad guy, she can't because she can't get on Argo. Exactly, because she has to readjust the halter and everything like that because she can't just jump up and ride him. Okay, somebody's motorcycle is very large and unnecessary. What are you compensating for, good sir? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, that just like woke up all of the animals. <laughs> Onward. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why that happened. And so basically, it's just that Gabrielle just made it take longer than it needed to. And so if she had just removed the reins from behind the saddle rather than undoing the halter completely, it would have been much quicker for Zena to jump back on the horse and just go. I'm glad we have one horse person between us. Slightly horse person. I'd like to say I'm a half of a horse person. So between the <laughs> two of us, we have a quarter of a horse person. Okay. I was trying to do some like centaur math and I just, I couldn't. Oh, please don't. Know. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are there centaurs in this eventually, do you think? Anyway. I don't know, right? Are there centaurs in this? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, this is going to be a giggle episode, isn't it? Probably. So Zena and Gabrielle have, like, a lover's quarrel over Gabrielle fucking up Zena's getaway to chase the bad guy. Oh, I think this uh, is their first quarrel, too, that we've really probably. seen. So. Yeah. That's a moment. Zena like rides off to catch this douchebag and Gabrielle conveniently finds a cave to wander into. We need to start counting the number of villagers with weird hats showing up per episode, as well as weird caves that happen per season. I'd say like we could make a drinking game, but the, the villagers with hats would just like oh, yeah. give us alcohol poisoning. We so, would be dead. Oh, we but we could definitely do it out of the cave. Because the cave, like, if there's a cave in the episode, it pops up enough that we could probably get a few shots in, but we wouldn't die. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so yes, Gabrielle finds a cave, 
and people are chanting inside of it. And of course, they are all in robes because you got to be in robes for whatever reason. Everybody's always in robes in this freaking show. That's how you know they're important, apparently. I guess, but also, can we discuss how lazy wardrobe was? (laughs) They put everybody in weird, unfashionable hats and robes every single episode. I want to fight them. I want to talk to them. I want to exchange words. I don't want to hurt them. I just want to have a discussion. Also, like... The robes are all they wear all episode. Like, they don't change out of the robes after this, like, ceremony. Also, are they all meant to be priests? I'm un- I'm confused about this entire group of berobed people. Literally nothing makes any sense. I will just put that out there. None of it makes any sense. None of it is explained. <sighs> I don't know. I have, so- I have some legitimate questions about this episode. But let's, m- let's move on before we dive into them because we do need some slight more context before. So there's some like young blonde girl wearing some like fancy clothes, trying to read from a scroll and nothing's happening. And there's a cute boy being like, try it faster, try it slower. Which now that I say that out loud, is a little weird. Oh, wow. Yeah, Uh, you're right. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense for the relationship that they're kind of starting or like hinting at. Yeah. So, oh, no. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Gabrielle comes in and is like, oh, no, she's reading it wrong. That's why nothing's happening. Doesn't ask what the thing they want to be happening is. It's just like, oh, well, you're reading this wrong. Like. This is uh this is a Dorian chant. You're reading it with Ionian rhythms, so you need to put the the emphasis on the first syllable, not the last syllable. Okay. And then she says, "I've made quite a study of this." I want to know everything about what she has studied prior to this life because what the fuck, Gabrielle? How do you just know this? She's just such a nerd and I love her. Oh my god, she is precious. She is legitimately the most precious. This is like what she lives for. She got so excited when she saw what was happening. It's not even funny. Seriously, just like the look on her face when she got to like step up and well, actually, these guys was the best. (laughs) It was beautiful. As we've already discussed at this point, she finishes the chant. She does it correctly. And of course, the Titans break out of their stony shell it's very lord of the rings-esque actually of the trolls yeah yeah it is yeah they um get unleashed from their from their bindings but there's only three of them for some reason not all of them don't know why they don't ever tell you how many there actually are you just kind of end up looking down at this big cave pit thing and so these three titans pop out there's two men one is an older dude one's a woman and then um there's a obnoxious asshole dude who's obviously younger per (laughs) usual Uh, and then (laughs) she gets outed as a virgin which is just weird this entire thing is so weird yeah because i guess only a virgin could do this spell or chant or whatever and like the first thing they like they say is like who was the virgin that released us oh my god and literally, and the dude goes like, this virgin. <laughs> it's amazing. This virgin. This one. And then she freaks out because she's like, oh, what? No, what are you talking about? I'm not. What? Huh? Mm, that's personal. 
<laughs> Poor Gabrielle. She didn't want for any of this to happen. But yeah, the look on her face is like, it's like the embodiment of like, when you write like dot dot dot. Oh my god, yes it is. She has a moment of, what the fuck? <laughs> it takes her like five seconds of of ellipsis. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, I'm in charge of these guys. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you settled into that role of power very quickly, Gabrielle. That's all she ever wants, let's be honest. She's she's probably a little bit of a dom. I'm just gonna yeah, put I that can out see there. That. She's she's a top. Anyway. Oh, and as she's having her A, I am now a le- freaking Titan leader moment, they jump back over to Xena, and Xena is still in the middle of chasing Hesiod, the villain that she knows, and was making patriarchy eyes at. <laughs> <laughs> there is there was some really good music during the chase scene, too. There was such good music. I want that music. If I could find where that music was, oh my god, I'd be so down. And it wasn't, like, weird Celtic music either for once. Exactly. It was actually, like, fitting good music for once. At least we got something good out of this. Oh, there's uh, more dudes with with hats. Um, I've now called <laughs> them the Behatted, the Behatted Villager. Yes, the the beheaded villager was being, uh, I think, threatened by Hesion. I think he like pulls a knife on this guy when Xena walks in, or some kind of nonsense. And then the rest of Hesion's dudes come in because Xena's like, "Oh yes, I will pretend that I'm going to let you be be free, and then I'll come get you." But then Hesion's like group of men come in, and then she fights them again or something. What was that? What happened here? Oh, yeah. So she at first, I think Hesion has like three guys. And so she takes them all out easily. And then and then he's like, ha ha, the rest of my troops have now shown up. Now you have 10 people to to fight off. But then Gabrielle shows up. Right. Yes. Gabrielle shows up with her Titan army. Oh, three. Yeah. She shows up and she just like stands in the doorway with her like her hands clasped looking like the picture of innocence <laughs> and she just goes disperse these ruffians <laughs> and the one titan pulls the fucking roof off it's amazing it's beautiful it's so good and from there basically um they end up obviously dispersing hesiod uh is in chains by the end of it and then I don't have any notes for this part, so I don't remember what happened. I just know that they were out talking to her about being a virgin. Yeah, I think they, they say something else about how, like, they serve the virgin goddess or she's the sacred virgin or something like that. And she's like, hey, guys, this is kind of a personal issue. Could you not shout it to the whole town? <laughs> Maybe? Thanks. Oh, actually, this is the perfect time to to discuss my argument slash questionable moments in this because at this point we are aware that most of the town was actually in that cave chanting with them and like doing that whole nine yards thing so actually even though she's asking them not to like spread it to the whole town the whole town already knows because they know what what was needed to go through yeah the thing and why the fuck are these people trying 
to summon titans. Why do they think that the titans will solve all of their problems? What are their problems that are so bad that they actually need titans to deal with it? Yeah, legit. I don't feel like it's a plan that's very well thought out at all. No. And if and if young cute monk is the one who came up with this idea, why did they let him do it? Like, yes, here's a good idea. We're a group of 30 older monks. Let's let the 12 year old one, like, <laughs> fucking, fucking come up with our plan. No? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know at all. I was just very upset and concerned about it. And I'm still mad about it a little bit because honestly, this entire thing could have been completely avoided if the town could figure out slightly better ways to deal with their shit. I don't know. They call her the virgin goddess, and someone says something about. I think I think it's Hesion or someone says like goddess like and you can hear the question oh, mark yeah, in her yeah, voice. Yeah. yeah. And Zena just like elbows him in the stomach like, <laughs> like <laughs> don't like we're technically still in a fight but don't blow my girl's cover and it's amazing. Yes, I remember this now. Okay. Yeah, it was beautiful. Because Zena just wants to protect her her goddess. I have I need an yeah. AU of this shit. I need it so bad. Oh my god, I didn't even realize that was where my notes were saying that I needed an AU. Yeah, that is literally your next note, is that you want an <laughs> AU where Gabrielle is a deity. And <laughs> Gabe patron got it. Well, at least we know I'm consistent. Alright, internet, if you have written this fic or know that it exists, hit us up. Yes, please. At Blair Her Name Pod. <laughs> On Twitter, please. Yeah. Because I, I need it. I legitimately need or- it. Or really, if there's any good Xenofic that you want to recommend. I've never read any Xenofic, but I'm sure it must still be out there. Oh, I'm positive it is. Uh, People are still writing X-Files fic, so why would they not be writing Xenofic? Ultimately, I haven't ever read any Xenofic either, and I would love to read some good Xena Gabrielle shit. So please send it our way if you know about it. I would love that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, um, little cute monk boy says she has the aura of, aura of a goddess, and he's, like, totally in love with her, but she's also, like, totally gay for Zena, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we discovered that the the young, rude titan is named Hyperion, and he's a bag of dicks. He is totally a bag of dicks. Oh, we discovered that he hates humans, the other two don't really care, he doesn't want to be controlled by humans, and he doesn't trust that Gabrielle isn't a human and doesn't think that she's a goddess so they come in and basically after they do the deeds that she's requested of them to do such as like damming up a river and a few other things for the village come over and are like we are hungry and we want rest and Hyperion wants her to like create a feast for him and she's like I don't do that sort of work it's selfish and then in order to determine whether or not she is a goddess for some reason his test is blowing her over I don't understand how this is a true test to whether or not she's a goddess, <laughs> but he literally like gets down on his hands and knees, gets in her face and blows her over like the big bad wolf. And she's a little pig. I Yeah, I mean, I don't know how godliness works, but does that mean if she's a goddess, she's not subject to gravity? I don't understand, really. Like, like when Xena hits Ares in the face, he still falls over. Mm-hmm. So, like, how is this a test? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. So that's a thing that happens. And suddenly he 
knows that she isn't really a goddess and this it's questionable elliot this episode is questionable however we do get xena saying that she is the sacred one's protector which is gay AF. so gay so once again if you have those au's and you have those fix please give them to us because i want one <laughs> even while her girlfriend is like flirting it up with this cute monk boy she's still like that's my woman and I'm going to protect the shit out of her. Oh, I love them so much. The, the only reason that she's flirting so hard with Monk Boy is because her and Xena had a lover's quarrel at the beginning. That's the only reason why. Yeah, this dude is like, this dude is totally heterosexual smokescreen. Because they have no chemistry at all. Other oh my than God. like, no. He compliments her chanting and she's like, you're there. That's basically <laughs> it. Also, sorry, things dropped on my end okay we're all fixed now <laughs> but yeah no i agree it honestly makes absolutely no sense there's no chemistry there it's just that she needs somebody to flirt with since she's mad at her girlfriend basically so that's literally it it's like she's not even trying to make xena jealous or anything like that it's literally just like i'm grumpy at my girlfriend so i'm gonna flirt with this dude because i'm good at flirting i think i think it was like at this point that Cute Monk was like, at this point, he's like, maybe I didn't think this through. I thought they would be helpful, but oh well, I failed. Honestly, it's not even just his fault, though, because they had the opportunity to stop him. They really did. They did. And they didn't. So, on a completely different note, and just because I'm hungry now, since we were talking about food before the episode started, I really want a burger, Elliot. That sounds so good. Oh, damn, it does sound good. Right? I just saw a few minutes ago a gif of one of those, like, nasty-ass burgers that has have, like, cheese in the middle of it. Like, they put cheese inside oh, yeah. the burger. And I want it so bad. And my lactose intolerant ass is like, no, bitch, no. But I want it so badly. Okay. Sorry, tangent needed to happen. My stomach growled at me. <laughs> What else happens? Basically, it's just a lot of fighting with the Titans. I feel like this entire episode was not a Xena and Gabrielle episode. It was mostly watching the weird dynamics of these Titans that didn't make any sense to me. And I mean, the the dynamics made sense, but it didn't make sense why we, we were focusing on them so much. Yeah. And then there's like, there's like a scene where I think douchebag Titan like chases Gabrielle and Cute Monk and like Cute Monk leads them into a temple and he's like this is Cronus's temple so it's holy ground for them too because like Cronus is like the father of all titans but he calls him the, uh their brother They're, yeah which is weird because I mean it's a young dude a lady who looks like about his age or maybe a little older and then like an older man so I don't know how any of them are related. Especially because... The two younger ones... Yeah, you go. Yeah, the two younger ones seem to have some kind of sexual relationship. And the young dude thinks that the older guy has the hots for the younger girl. So, like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. None of this None of this flows. The Titans are weird. I know that Greek mythology is strange, but this is just incorrect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It especially doesn't make sense because it also, like, when we're you know, visiting the Titans, just hanging out in the cave. Douchebag makes some kind of comment about how the older one, like, 
still has feelings for the Lady Titan. Like, maybe they were lovers in the past, or they had some kind of, like, friendship before Douchebag showed up. I don't know. It's some kind of... There's some kind of drama that we're not privy to, but they're clearly not related, which is what you would expect when you see an older man and two young people. You would think he's the father, and those are, like, the kids or something. Yeah. So, especially when when they say, oh, Cronus is your brother. And I'm like, no, that's not how family works. No, it just doesn't make any sense. There's literally no actual family tree that we are aware of here. And it just, it's it's confusing and I don't appreciate it at all. Yeah, there's a lot of drama that, like, they only give us half the story because, like I said, like, Hyperion is, like, getting all, like, hey, let's just sit here and make out and make third wheel watch us make out you know, to taunt him with our relationship. And I'm like, that's fucked up, bro. I'm like, this is gross. Yep. So, yeah, that all happens. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Somehow, how do children end up in here? Oh, there's like, there's like um, a group of kids that was taken out on a, I don't fucking know, day trip with a priest. And Hyperion was like, I'm going to eat all the humans that I find outside. Like, that's why everyone's, like, hiding in the temple. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we find out, yeah, we find out there's, like, a bunch of kids that are out, and so it's like they're in the cave, and Hyperion hears the kids' voices, (laughs) and my comment was like, oh, I hear the opportunity to be a complete shitbag. It's not inaccurate, (laughs) though. It's so right. It's so correct. Oh, and, the, and as Hyperion is taking his opportunity to be a complete shitbag, the female of the of the trio, whose name I think is Thea, I don't really know, wasn't paying that much attention to her because she was she didn't yeah, really I, have an active role. I think you're correct. I think it was Thea. Yeah, um, is basically just going oh 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 <laughs> in the background because she's so concerned, but she just doesn't do anything. She just goes oh over and over yeah, again. Like- weird disembodied wailing like when um when they're fighting later too it's very yeah it's very strange yeah and also even though the entrance to the exit is not like closed off the kids and their priest just all stay in the cave once they're there they don't try to run away they just stay there yeah which just strange and it's they're not like corralled or anything like that like they just end up on this weird like lip of this stone area and like the exit is directly behind them it is well lit it is obvious where it is it's just that they needed these guys as a plot device obviously yeah so that happens and then uh the older titan whose name was Creus or, or something like that i think he sees what Hyperion is trying to do and understands that he's going to try to kill these kids. And he's like, no, and then gets in a fight with uh, Hyperion and Hyperion ends up killing him, the older one. And I still don't understand how they're related. This is all of my notes are just me complaining about their relationship and not knowing what's happening. Yeah. And yeah, Thea is not happy about older dude being basically beaten to death yeah but she also doesn't try to stop it at all in the least at all only disembodied wailing you would think that somebody of her size 
would in fact be able to do something at the very least, but no, she she does nothing. <gasps> We've yeah. upgraded to three animals in my bedroom. Sorry, I just turned around and Sans is on the recliner, so I got excited. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so things happen. This villager that was like talking to what was his name? Hes Hes Hesion Hesiod something like that. Yeah. Hesiod is like still chained up in the temple and there's this villager and he's like, let me tell you my great plan <laughs> for how we're going to how we're going to get the Titans on our side. It involves betraying Xena. Uh, of course, because he wants to get rid of Xena to begin with. This episode has so many strange layers to it. Yeah, it does. Like I so... completely forgot about this plot. Also, I noticed that Villager is wearing a cross in one scene. That's and it's strange. Not accurate, but okay. Yeah, but yeah. So they they capture Xena after she returns the kids. She brings the kids back to the temple, and the people like throw a fucking net over her. It's like she literally just brought back all the children that you thought were dead. And you're going to send her to the Titans? Like, what the fuck, bro? But of course they are. Because this is just what happens. The villagers are never smart. The villagers will never appreciate her. They just constantly take her for granted and use her. In every episode. We need, like, a terrible villager award or something. Oh my god, we do. We need to do that. I think that's perfect. No. You know what it should be? It should be a bad choices award. award. <laughs> yes, you made terrible decisions. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to give the bad choices award to villager wearing the cross because of the villagers who threw Xena under the bus, this guy goes with Hesion to bring Xena to the, the two remaining Titans. And like idiots, they think that Xena isn't going to break out of this box that they've put her in. So Hesion goes to like the Titans and is like, hey, I have Xena for you. I want to be on your side. Fuck everyone else, especially the guy I've come here with. I have, and he literally says, I have no scruples whatsoever. <laughs> Which at least he's honest. That <laughs> declaration apparently makes him, quote, Sound like a useful ally, according to Hyperion, who is clearly an idiot, because if he has no scruples, that means he'll screw over you, too. Exactly. That's how this works. Yep. But yeah, so they try to they try to turn over Xena, but she has escaped because she's Xena. And, Obviously. And Hyperion squashes them both. Just... Just steps on him. Just squash. Yeah. Cross-wearing villager, you made some bad choices and you got squashed. It's okay. They all dead now. And yeah. Thea, the lady titan, is very upset that Hyperion would just so easily squash the humans because she kind of likes them. And suddenly, Hyperion starts sounding like Arnold Schwarzenegger for some reason. Wow, I haven't heard, said that name out loud in forever. Schwarzenegger? Schwar Schwarzenegger? Schwarzenegger. <laughs> wow, that's hard. Sch Schwartz. <laughs> Please stop me. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he goes on a, like an evil 
madman screed and as he is shouting he does sound very much like schwarzenegger and i was thinking it and then ray said it and i was like oh thank god i'm not crazy it literally (laughs) sounds like they got him to do the dub all of the sudden but only for this one sequence not throughout the entirety of the episode just right here in the cave i don't know why (laughs) this is the part where cute monk dude says to gabrielle quote Let's find some way to get some rest. And the next scene is the two of them in his bedroom and they're like spooning and sleeping. And I'm just like, isn't he a priest though? Like, what's the hierarchy of robed religious people here? Like, what's going on? Usually people wearing religious robes don't get sexy. But I mean, fuck if I know what this order is about. I don't know. Honestly, he is... This entire situation is just so weird. It doesn't make any sense. But it's I mean, the, fine. The point here is to make Xena jealous, obviously. That's the subtext here. Because when Xena opens the curtain and sees Gabrielle in this dude's bed, she looks very betrayed. Very betrayed. But at least it it, it worked, I guess. I don't know. What happens next? I know that Gabrielle ends up at the Titans, but does she get captured or does she go? I think she goes willingly, but I'm not sure why. Yeah, I don't remember why. I just remember the part where Xena realizes that she's at the, um, oh, I remember why. She's going to try and steal the, the, the second spell because there's a second spell. There's other spells, and one of them is to wake up all the titans, because we learn that the three of them weren't the only titans. There's like a whole cave of titans. And there's also a spell to turn them back to stone. So Gabrielle goes to try and steal the one to turn them back to stone. Right, yes. And that was just also open and available. (laughs) Yeah, obviously. It was just hanging out in the cave like you do. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) <laughs> but Xena realizes that this is what has happened, and she she's trying to make her way to the cave, but then she says, if anyone can stall, it's Gabrielle. <laughs> <laughs> and she's not wrong. And we see Gabrielle is telling the Titans their own story, and Thea is, like, hanging on every word. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. And for some reason, I don't. I want to know how she got them to sit down and listen to begin with, because seriously, they're like sitting and watching her and listening to her as she's sitting on top of like a cage or something. Yeah, it like it legit goes from, oh, no, I've been captured. And the next time we see her, like they're huddled around her like it's story time and they're transfixed. Essentially, Hyperion eventually is like, that's not how the story goes. I was there. I know how the story went and is like, I'm going to kill you now. Or, well, I'm going to force you to, to do the thing, and then I'm going to kill you now. But aside from that, oh, Xena has another maniac- maniacal grin moment. I think because he she obviously shows up just in time to save her lady, because, you know, it's what you do when you're Xena. Exactly. So they obviously get in a little bit of a, I don't care, like, it, was a, it wasn't even, re- like, really a fight. It was mostly, like, Xena stealing the... The scroll, excuse me. Sorry, I totally forgot what that word was for a second. So Xena stealing the scroll, 
and trying to like shout read it to Gabrielle so Gabrielle could <laughs> repeat it and like say it. <laughs> that was pretty great. It was actually it's funny. Like, it reminded me of like kind of like an episode of Supernatural where they're always trying to do like exorcism things, but like the ghosts are trying to like you know fuck up their shit so they can't do it. Yeah. So I don't. I don't really remember how this happens, but somehow the 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 scroll gets ripped in half they think they have enough of the scroll but then they realize that there's a piece missing a singular piece yeah, even is... though it's half the scroll yeah it, it definitely only gets ripped in half so this is totally like hand wavy plot shenanigans it's like <laughs> oh it just got ripped in half and we read both halves but somehow there's a third piece missing okay yep it was great and it just it just happens to be over here on this ledge, so I have to jump and get it and be more dramatic. But I'm like, all right, Zena. So do much you. drama. So much drama. Well, they do eventually manage to say the rest of the words, right as Hyperion is like grabbing a stone to squash Gabrielle, and then he falls into the pit. Everyone else is, well, Thea is turning to stone because there's only one other one now. And then he, like, reaches up and it looks like he's going to squash uh, Gabrielle. And then he turns to stone while the stone is in his hand. So that happened. And Gabrielle just needed to prove herself to herself. That was what this all was about. She didn't need to prove herself to Xena. She just needed to prove herself to herself. Little baby. I love her so much. <laughs> Xena tells her that your heart is always in the right place. Because she just wanted to help. Oh, I love them so much. Yeah, that's basically it. Like, there's not much of a wrap up for this episode. It's basically them being like Gabrielle being like, it all went to my head. The power went to my head and I got us in too deep. And I'm so sorry. I just wanted to be able to prove myself to you. And then like being like, I'm sorry if you hate me. And then Zena's like, I could never hate you. Your heart is always in the right place. And basically it was just super gay. Yeah, it was like. It was it was an undercover gay episode. It was. Although, okay, there's one more thing that I almost missed. Um, <laughs> because as Zena says, I could never hate you. Gabrielle's response is, what about when I get your horse's reins tangled? <laughs> and that's it. That's that was, the end. That was pretty great. Oh, it was beautiful. I love that. I do love them too. They're perfect. What a couple. What a couple. Fighting titans, saving the day every day. Sorry, cute priest boy, but you're nothing compared to Xena. No, never. <laughs> not even possible. Not even in in the running. Like, eyeliner hottie had had more of a chance going for him. Yeah, because he had eyeliner on. Yeah. Can't say no to it. dudes and eyeliner. Like, even it's, <laughs> it's even questionable for me, and I'm a lesbian. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> anyway. So, that's it. That's the episode. That's, that's the wrap-up. So... On that note, would we like to do shout outs, our beautiful queer shout outs? Yes, let's do this. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I don't care. Um, I'll go first. I have a webcomic uh, recommendation. It's called Les Normaux. It's French for the normals. So the spelling is L-E-S space N-O-R-M-A-U-X, if you don't speak French. <laughs> um, you can... You can find it on Tapas. Um, I think there's a Tumblr too. Yes, there's a Tumblr and it's laynormo, all one word, dot tumblr.com. It's a webcomic about supernatural beings and 
it's like a there's like a dual world thing where there's like normal people and supernatural people and there is an underground supernatural world where all like everyone in that world is supernatural but you can cross back into the normal world and like live stealthily Ooh, I like um that. So it, yeah so it follows a human wizard who goes into the supernatural world to school to learn more witchcraft and stuff and then he comes back to Paris to live with his boyfriend and they have other queer supernatural friends like some of his like I think his boyfriend is a, a djinn and they have like a friend who's a Medusa and then like I don't remember what her girlfriend it's been a while since I've read it but it's very cute the art is very good unfortunately it's on hiatus now because the creator has had some autoimmune issues but there's a lot of episodes issues I don't know there's a lot of it. They've broken it up into seasons. So there's three seasons so far. So, you know, there's a pretty good backlog. It's very cute. There's a sassy bunny rabbit and it's great. So you can find it on, like I said, on Tapas. Creator's name is Night JJ. I'm trying to find their Twitter. Their Twitter is Art of Night JJ. So yeah, we'll. We'll link that in the show notes. Yes, we will. Okay, then. Mine is for one of my all-time favorite podcasts, which I somehow haven't recommended on here yet, but it is literally one of my all-time favorite and, like, the queerest podcasts ever. Um, It is another audio drama because it's basically all I listen to. (laughs) And it is called Mabel. And you can find them at mabelpodcast.tumblr.com. You could also find them at iTunes and basically anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And it is, I can only explain it without giving spoilers in the way that their tagline explains it. But it is a podcast about ghosts, family secrets, strange houses, and missed connections. And if you like interesting, ethereal, creepy shit, you will love Mabel. It is super queer. It is super beautiful it is some of the most interesting like beautiful incredible sound design i have ever heard in anything any podcast i've listened to there are a lot of loud and intense noises so if if you don't like that then i would say this may not be for you exactly but it is it's literally a fucking masterpiece it's a work of art the two creators slash voice actresses actually met like via just being friends online and like lived in two completely different spaces and did the podcast together and then literally started falling in love at the same time as their characters did and they just got married this last june and it's literally adorable so super cute yeah like if you want to support queer creators that are in love together making art about queer people in love together fucking listen to it it's so good it's it's literally a masterpiece. It's my like to- in my top three all time favorite podcasts. So do it. Yeah, uh, you you are the one that got me into Mabel. <laughs> really? And, Good. Yeah. And I think I I think I'd had it on my like to listen to list, but then you were like raving about it on Twitter, so I actually started listening to it. But I really like it because sometimes like. A lot of like horror podcasts are rely a lot on like gore or, you know, I don't know, I guess more obvious horror tropes and like the way like Mabel uses suspense really well yeah. and the like unknown really well. And I really like it. 
I would almost say that this it, it's a genre outside of a genre. I think that it's almost literally like a fantasy thriller at points. Yeah. Which I just think yeah. is so interesting. And they do they do horror so well. I Part of the reason I didn't listen to it, I had been looking at it for a while when I first started getting into audio dramas. And I kept steering away from it because I had listened to the first episode and it was really creepy. And I was like, I feel like this is going to scare the shit out of me. And I'm not a horror person. Audio dramas tend to be a lot easier for me to listen to and process. But for whatever reason, this one was just like, nope, I don't think I can do it. I think this is going to be all out horror and I just can't. And then I finally got through the second and third episodes and it was just so well done. The horror and the the thrill of it, the suspense is all so worth it. It has some of the best payoffs in any form of art and media that I've ever listened to, ingested, read, etc. It's so fucking beautiful. Like the entire thing is so beautiful. And it makes me feel, when I'm listening to it, like I am having an out of body experience half the time. And I'm just like, I'm not here in my own in my own place. I'm in whatever magical worlds that they're explaining. And oh, it's so good, guys. Please go listen to it. Please, you will you are doing yourself a favor. That's it. That's 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 my recommendation. <laughs> Cannot recommend enough. I guess we are just at the housekeeping portion. Is there anything else? Um, I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening to our baby podcast. We appreciate it so much. We love doing this. It is a ton of fun for us. So if you like us, if you want to keep listening to us, and if you want us to be in other people's ears too, please do that thing that you do, which is rate and subscribe and review on whatever app you are listening to. If you can, at the very least, subscribe, because that actually does a lot more than you think. Uh, if you use iTunes or anything that lets you review, please review and maybe give us five stars if you think we deserve them. <laughs> and also, we would love to talk to you guys. We know that Twitter may not always be the best place for everybody, but we are pretty active on Twitter. Both of us are. Um, the podcast is Blair Her Name Pod at Twitter. Uh, well, wow, at Twitter. <laughs> I'm so good at th- these things. It is at Blair Her Name Pod. And then you can also reach both Elliot and I at Ray Likes Cats. That's Ray with an E. And then you can reach, reach Elliot at Elliot Junkyard. And that is Elliot with two L's and two T's. You could also email us if you don't prefer Twitter. And that is BlairHerName at gmail.com. And I believe we also have a Tumblr. Is that right? Uh, we do, but I've been very bad at updating it. That's fine. We also have a Tumblr. Is that just Blair Her Name? Okay, it's blairhernamepodcast.tumblr.com. Perfect. So yes, you can also reach us there. Um, we will do our best to start checking it slightly more regularly. And like I said, if you like us, please subscribe. Do all that good shit. If you like us at all, feel free to come chat with us on Twitter. And otherwise, we will see you next time. Okay, thank you so much. We love you. Bye! Bye! Bye!